Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive toolbox providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashe, your catalyst coach and conduit to that better life. A catalyst, a coach, draws out hidden potential within a subject. A conduit provides a connection. The amazing thing about human beings is we become our four foot, five foot, six foot selves from a microscopic seed and egg. Just as we have massive potential to grow physically, the same is true emotionally and mentally and spiritually. We have reservoirs that some of us have not tapped into before because unlike the physical, our other areas do not develop on autopilot. Any athlete knows all a coach can do is to tap in to what's already inside and cause them to unleash that. As your Zenergy Catalyst, I will connect you with tools through interviews, motivational techniques, and food for thought. But a coach does not work alone. Teammates are essential. This is an interactive toolbox. So we will have a Zen Master of the Day and a Zen Seeker of the Day. Listeners and guests will be able to submit tools and or questions. Because many of us at one time or another have been a coach because many of us were that athlete in training. We are students and we are teachers and that is Zenergy. Let's begin. So the word that I'm gonna deal with now is access. And the very first thing I wanna do is I want to pour out a libation because for a long time, I didn't know, you know, I was raised Catholic and, um, when you're raised Catholic, you have statues of saints everywhere. You have the rosary, you have mass, you have the candles that you light, you know, uh, in front of the saints, you ask Mary to pray for you and things like that. Um, and I lived that life, not really devoutly. We went to church, you know, Christmas and Mother's Day and Father's Day and Easter. And I think that was it. Thanksgiving, maybe. Yeah, Thanksgiving, probably. Um, But I didn't know that that came from an ancient African tradition, not the statues and things like that, but honoring, honoring those that have gone on, honoring the ancestors and and candles. Also, ancient African tradition, incense ancient African tradition, but also libations. This is water. This is just an empty cup, you know, but I realized that the ancestors, like I said, there's a thousand 24 ancestors flowing through my veins, but that I also have access to them. I have access to their wisdom. I have access to their inspiration. I have access to those lessons. I can hear my mama's voice in my head sometimes. All the things she told me before she passed. My daddy too. Sometimes I will say to myself, what will Willie do? WWWD. What will Willie do? That was my dad's name. What will Willie do? Especially if I need to be tough about something. What will Willie do? Um, But I want to just pour out a libation real quickly. I want to thank my ancestors for all of the things they've given me. And I want to thank my ancestors, Willie and Cynthia and Mother B and all of them 
you know, Ernest Garner, you know, for all of their inspiration and their guidance and their help and their love. Um, access. We choose what has access to us. You know, when I was young, I didn't realize that I had a lot of control over what had access to me. I let a lot of people have access to me, um, access to my time, my energy, my effort, and they didn't deserve it. And when you learn a lesson, sometimes the universe te tests you to see if you really learned it. So I had a test not too long ago, maybe about a month ago. I was still on a dating site. And I had been texting this guy, you know, we had been texting back and forth and he asked me for my number and I asked him four questions before I was going to give him my number. I said, are you an employed non-smoker with your own car in place? And that's just because I have asthma. Smoke bothers my lungs. I really don't deal with smokers. And the other three, you know, the employee, non, you know, employee person with uh, your own car in place, that's just about stability. If you're not having any of those things, that's nothing against you. It's just to me, your focus should be on your stability and not on building a relationship. And I would not want to take away time or money from that life. A priority of being stable. So I would want someone who didn't need to have that as a focus so that, you know, that person could focus on other things like building a relationship. And so that's why I asked that question. And he said yes to all those questions. And I gave him my number. And the very first conversation we had, I'm talking to him and it comes out in the first conversation that he lied about all four things, all four things. And I'm a little stunned and a little confused because I'm like, why would you do that? It's not like I'm not going to find out eventually. And so as we were talking, I realized that we were not compatible, not just on that, the lying thing, but just in general. And I said to him, you know, I don't think that we should continue to communicate. Um, we're not really compatible. Um, and he wanted to kind of argue with me. And, uh, and I said, my life is really precious to me. Relationships are so precious to me. I really believe in them. I really believe in giving my all to them. I said, you know, if I was going car hunting or house hunting, I would really look at that car, really look at that house and see whether it meet, met my needs. A person is even more important than that. A person has so much impact on my life. If I'm sharing my life and especially my body with this person, I have to have even higher standards for that person. Um, and he said, no, you need to take a man as he comes. And I said, no, I don't. And I think I shocked him because I said, no, I don't. I don't need to take a person as I come. I can, I can love you from a distance. I can respect you from a distance. I can wish you well from a distance. I don't have to give you access to my inner circle. I don't have to give you access to my time, my energy, my body. I don't owe you that. Um, unless 
you and I are on the same path and you and I are on the same journey and we're going to be complementary to each other and helpful and build each other. And so I realized that I had actually grown. I'd actually passed that test because man, years ago, I would have felt very nervous or guilty about saying that, but not anymore. Access, so critical. I heard Miles Monroe say years ago, and I wish I had known all of this years ago. I'm 49. I wish I knew it when I was 29 or 20 or 15. But I heard Miles Monroe said, life begins when you realize you're going to die. Because when you actually realize you're going to die, you realize that you only have a certain amount of time to get whatever it is that you want to get done. You don't have forever. You have a lifetime. Now you might be leaving reincarnation, everything, but I'm just talking about what we know. We know we have this lifetime. And if you have certain things you want to accomplish, Miles Monroe said, that means that there are other things you can't do. He said that when he was a kid, he realized if he wanted to be the most productive person that he could be, that he didn't need to mess with certain things. He saw a lot of people in his community get sidetracked through drugs and alcohol. And he decided, I'm not going to participate in drugs or alcohol or smoking. They take money away. They take time away. And they're not going to give me anything I want. Now, I do drink. But I really resonated with that because when I was young, when I was probably 12, my uncle uh, was diagnosed with alcoholism and he was one of my favorite people. My aunt and uncle, I really looked up to them. I thought they had the perfect marriage, perfect life before all this happened. I really wish I was their child that sometimes um, they were always going places, doing things. Their life was vibrant. And then I saw it change completely. I saw him have DWI after DWI, almost kill himself in several accidents. You know, he was in and out of the hospital for different things, you know, just all kinds of things happened. Um, the relationship was destroyed because of alcohol. And I said to myself at 12, I will never be drunk. Never. I'm 49. I've never been drunk. I will drink one, two or three drinks. I don't need anymore. I don't want any more access. I'm not going to allow that substance to have too much access to me. I'm not going to allow it to have the access to where I am blacking out or I am vomiting or I am whatever else happens when people get drunk. I'm saying things I don't know what I'm saying. You know, I'm out of control. I'm not going to allow it to have that access to me. Um, so it is critical to decide what has access to you. You know, Eric Thomas has a motivational speech where he talks about how he saw a lot of uh, professional athletes get sidetracked with affairs and destroy their life with affairs. And, and he said, I put certain boundaries on my life that certain women weren't going to have access to me. I was going to completely eliminate certain, uh, I wasn't going to go to certain parties. I wasn't going to hang around certain people who didn't really value their marital vows and and uh, would invite me to places I didn't need to be. Um, and so there are a lot of very wise and successful people that have limited 
the access that people, things, activities have to them because they value their destination. They value their goal. They value their image. And so they have said certain things can't have access to me. Certain things are just not going to be allowed. Um, if you haven't set goals, and I know quarantine is a crazy on goals, but setting goals, again, going back to podcast number one, if you really set goals, goals well, it clarifies what should have access to you. It really clarifies what you need to spend your time on. It clarifies how you can be productive. Um, and so, you know, I used to love when there was this website called 43things.com. It had 43 things, 43 goals you could put at a time. And it had a community where basically you could put your goal and you could see all the other people that had put that goal. And you could see how they were doing and you could learn from them and you could um, be inspired by them. And then when you met your goal, you would get all these congratulations from all kinds of people. And Facebook is kind of like that, but it's not Facebook is not set up for just goals. But 43things.com was just for goals. And I loved it. I was a member for years and it's no longer even on the web and I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> I'll be all right. I tried a couple other ones. I think there was one called the Day Zero Project, but it didn't have the same vibe, you know, because to me, 43things.com was just a real community vibe. And I just felt like I was really part of this really proactive community that was moving forward and and, and had all this enthusiasm and it was really, really great. Um, but goal setting is really important. Um, I bought this thing. I have a coworker. She was so in love with this planner. She took it everywhere, everywhere. I kept seeing it, kept seeing it. I was like, what is that that you keep carrying with you everywhere? I never see you without it. She goes, it's my passion planner. It's my passion planner. Oh, I love it. And I was like, okay, girl, let me see this thing. What the heck is this? And this is my passion planner. So I've got tabs in it. Um, I highly recommend this. If you buy it right now, it is like $8 because we're halfway through the year. This is like $37 normally. Um, but at the very beginning, it has lifetime goals. Your wish list, one year, three months, three years. And then it has where you break down your goals into different steps and you give yourself a due date. So that's the very beginning. And then it has the space of infinite possibility. You just brainstorm. You write about whatever you want. And then it's got your calendar. But here it's got personal projects, top priority projects, and then lower priority projects and due dates. You write the project, you put the due date. And for work, this is personal, this is work top priority projects and lower priority port projects. Here it says this month's focus. Focus for your month. Oh my God. And I'm not getting any money from these people. They don't even know I'm doing this. I just was amazed when I saw this. A focus for my month. A focus for my month. 
In January, the focus for my month was seven hours of sleep because I don't sleep enough. And then it's, so this is personal and work. You put a, a focus for your month. And then it says people to see places to go, things to learn. All right. And then you can break down your goals here. And then you got your daily goals. It says this week's focus. Oh, you see it's blank right here. I didn't have a focus for that week. I didn't know what I was focusing on that week. And then good things that happened this week. Good things that happened this week. I had seven good things that happened that week. And I recorded them right there. And again, the personal to-do list, work to-do list. And then you've got your times here. At the very top of every day, it says today's focus today's focus. Wow. So I love this thing. And I got stickers. I went and bought some stickers from Family Dollar. I put stickers. I highlighted all the goals that I accomplished, highlighted all the goals I accomplished, stickers, you know, and so on. So, um, yeah. And then when you get to the mid point of the year, which is where we are now, you know, you got a midpoint check-in. Um, I haven't done mine yet. I love this thing. All right, I love it. And at the back, it has all these pages that you can just write in. You can just write and write and write. And see, I got some of them filled in. You know, you could doodle, you could whatever, brainstorm. Another thing I bought this year, access. Life board, follow your vision, realize your dreams. You open this thing up. Now the life board itself is on my wall. I love this thing too. So you open it up. It's got all kind of stickers and stuff in here. This is a journal. And this is the life board planner sheet. Cause the, uh, the real one is wood. It's on my wall. In the center. Harmony. I'm zen. Harmony, that speaks to me. Oh my gosh. Harmony. You want harmony between everything in your life. Wealth and prosperity, health, knowledge and education, career, friends and travel, children and creativity, love and marriage, success. And it defines what you can put in each one of these. And then they give you a, it's the same size as this. It's a, it's a wooden you open it up, it's got all these things on here and you get like, I don't know, like 60 different stickers you can write words on. Like, you know what two of my words were, abundance and access. Yeah, those were two of my words. You can put words, you know, here, things that are important to you in different areas, whatever, because they give you a bunch of stickers. And then you have the journal. This is where you actually start to you read about the different areas, creating your life board. There's all kind of writing there, right? And then you get to the journal part. You know, this at the very top, harmony. What does that mean to you? I haven't filled that one out yet. Success. What does that mean to you? You know, and so on. Love and marriage. I haven't filled out all of these. What are you grateful for today? Um, and then it's got reflecting on the discoveries that you've made this week. All right. And then 
This says monthly realization log. So month one, wherever you start, and you can put like goals or things you realize, whatever in here. So I just started working through this. Um, most of it's empty, but again, access. What am I going to give access to? What am I going to focus on? What am I going to eliminate from my life? What am I going to move toward? Um, those are some of the tools that I have used to decide what I want to give access to. I wanted to talk about purpose for a minute. Along with goals, purpose. You know, my teacher, Baba Fana, says that we are here for three reasons. Beauty, harmony, and communion. Everybody was brought to this earth to create beauty in the world, to create harmony in the world, and to create communion. Um, and so, again, if something isn't bringing beauty to my life, if it's not bringing harmony to my life, if it's not helping me commune with another person or with nature or with my goals or whatever... I don't really need it. it. Makes things very simple. And and the thing about access is it, it really does simplify your life when you become very clear about what you want to have access to you. It becomes very clear, very clear that I can leave all of this out because that is not um that is not that is not at all what I want or what I need. Uh, it's not what I want to have access to me. And peace can come from that. Peace can come from that. So to go with that train of thought, um, I mentioned spirituality at the very beginning. And I'm not trying to tell anybody what to believe. But access. Access is about all areas of your life. Uh, it's about who physically has you know, access to you mentally, emotionally, sexually, all of that. Um, one of the big areas of my life that I struggled with my entire life was spirituality. I was raised Catholic, as I already told you, and I became a born again Christian at 15, went to non-denominational churches, and um, I still had so many questions. There were so many things that bothered me um, about Christianity about, in a sense, religion in general, I was like, oh, I, I can't come to peace with this. I even went so far as to go to seminary because I thought my answers would come there. Um, and I know people say have faith and God works in mysterious ways and all that stuff. I've, I've heard it all. 30 years of going to churches, I've heard all of those arguments. But access, there was a point in time when I decided if I don't see the reality of it in my life, if it's not true in Africa and in Europe and in America and for the young, for the old, for the rich, for the poor, for men and women, if it's not universal, then it's not a spiritual belief that I want to have access to me. I need something universal. I need something that makes sense. And when I decided that, I came across the hermetic principles. Basically, some people call them the laws of the universe. You probably heard of the law of attraction. I mentioned the law of polarity in the first podcast. When I came across the hermetic principles, the law of sowing and reaping, that's in the Bible. 
But that existed in one of the first books ever written, you know, thousands of years before the Bible. The law of cause and effect, you know, the law of gender. There's so many, there's at least 12, and some people say there's more than that. But it gave such shape to my life. It answered so many of my questions. It was universal. I could look at my life and see those laws playing out again and again and again and again and again and again, you know. Um, and I was like, okay, access. This I can give access to my life. I don't have to worry about all the conflicts all of the things that don't make sense, the things that are inconsistent, the things that are all that. I don't have to worry about none of that. This I can give access to my life. So access is critical. Access is so critical to who you become, the peace that you have, um, the time that you can spend and also your willpower. You know, I read this book. I don't remember the name of it, but it was about willpower and it said that people wrongly think that they should be able to tap into their will whenever they want. But your willpower doesn't work that way. These scientists had studied willpower, done all kinds of experiments on people to see when their willpower was strongest, what caused it to weaken, and all of that stuff. And they said after all these experiments, they found out that when you wake up in the morning and you have your good breakfast and you're rested and relaxed, you have the highest amount of willpower. And every time you use it, every time you discipline yourself, every time you do something you didn't want to do, you push yourself through an obstacle your willpower decreases because you're using it up. And just like any other stockpile, it gets used. And so by the end of the day, your willpower is at the lowest level. You can renew it somewhat through getting a nap you means that you have to be judicious with how you use it you have to realize that you can't just call on it all the time that's why sometimes when we try to call on the willpower we say well I don't have any willpower no it's not that you don't have any you have some it's just you've used it up for that day you'll have a better chance at trying that tomorrow when you're rested and when you've eaten a good breakfast and when you've gotten some hydration, maybe when you've taken a walk, you know, out in nature, we can't just call on it whenever we want. We can't just call on it all the time. It is affected by what we give access to us. And the, the more that we control what we give access to, the less we have to struggle with controlling ourselves because we want to cuss this person out. Or because this is so frustrating to us because we put ourselves in a situation we didn't want to be in in the beginning. You know, we're depleting our willpower with a lot of things that possibly didn't need to have access to us at all. And so we want to avoid that. So we've gotten to the end of our second word, access. And the third word that I'm going to go over is accountability. I spent probably the last 30 minutes talking about goals and access and how goals define who and what has access to you. But goals 
are that endpoint. Accountability keeps you on track. If you were in a plane, the pilots would set their course, but then they would have to do course corrections because all of the environmental forces, turbulence, you know, could steer the plane slightly off course and a slight off course movement over time can add up to being far off course. So they have to be watching. They have to be looking at their instrumentation. They have to be aware and noticing, and they have to be accountable for course correcting, getting back on to their track. So accountability prevents crashes. Accountability keeps us honest. Tony Robbins said that we have two motivations, pain and pleasure. And most people are motivated much more by pain than by pleasure. We want to avoid pain. And the problem with that is that sometimes in avoiding pain, we will be lazy. We will procrastinate. So if you have an accountability partner, they keep you honest. They ask you if you're actually following through with those goals. They ask you if you're actually um, being on track. They may have you weigh in if it's a weight challenge. They may have you show them your planner. They may have you um, discuss, you know, if it's a financial advisor, they may be looking over your spending, your saving. You know, you said you had this goal, but you're spending all this money on eating out. That's getting you off track. You need to course correct. So accountability partners keep us honest. Um, when I was in fifth grade, I had an English teacher. We nicknamed her Cruel Croy. She made us read and write every day. And I was a reader. I wasn't a writer back then and she made me a writer, but I was a reader. So I had read a lot of books in the library and that was kind of to my advantage because in a lot of other English teachers classes, they would assign us a book report and I would just write about something I'd already read if I didn't feel like reading. Not in her class. She would turn over her class to, you know, a student uh, aide or a teacher assistant and she would walk me down to the library. And she would have the librarian pull up my checkout record. And she would say, okay, I got your checkout record right here. You need to go find something you have not read. And so I always had to be reading like everybody else was reading something new. And she made us write every day. And she didn't care what we were writing. She cared that that pen didn't stop moving on that paper the whole time she told us to write. And so we did a journal every single day in her class. And that got me in the discipline of reading on a regular basis and writing on a day on a daily basis or a regular basis. And that actually helped me to cope because writing, I found out in her class that when I wrote when I was sad or angry or frustrated or overwhelmed, I felt better. I actually didn't know that till I took that fifth grade class and I had to write journals. She gave me a tool to help me. She kept me accountable. 
for reading every day, for writing all the time, you know, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful to her for that. Um, accountability helps us have checkpoints and reporting times. You know, I already mentioned my passion planner, how it has those checkpoints. You have weekly checkpoints, you have monthly checkpoints, you have a half year checkpoint. How are you doing on those goals that you said you want to accomplish? Are you making progress? You need to go back if you're not and put some new goals of how you're going to course correct, how you're going to bring yourself back on target. Um, reflections are so key on those accountability markers. Accountability saves us from our own rationalizations. Um, I heard a story that Ben Franklin told. Ben Franklin had decided at one time that he wanted to be a vegetarian. And his rationale was, oh, we shouldn't eat animals. They're harmless. We shouldn't kill to eat. But then he went fishing with some friends of his. And I guess he hadn't thought this through well, because I guess he didn't expect them to clean the fish and cook the fish right there in front of him when they finished his fishing trip. And he's sitting there and he's smelling this steamed fried fish and it is just mouthwatering. And all of a sudden he says to himself, well, fish eat other fish. If they eat each other, why should I feel guilty about eating them? And he rationalized his now decision to leave that vegetarian lifestyle behind and become a pescatarian. So we have this amazing brain and sometimes this amazing brain gives us the ability to rationalize what we want to do. But when we have an accountability partner, that person can say, ha, ha, ha. no, 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 no. You said you wanted to do this. You said this was what you plan to do. Don't give me these excuses. You need to stay on track. When I decided that I wanted to change my life, you know, I had a lot of stops and starts. You know, when I first got divorced, I came across the Sacred Woman book and um, I started to read it. And it was quite a daunting task to change your diet, to change your spirituality, to change a lot of things. And I, I put the book aside. I didn't want to do it. I don't even know what happened to that book from 20 something years ago. But right before quarantine, I went to a meeting um, about spirituality, about women who wanted to change your life and walked into the meeting. We're having the get to know you portion of the meeting. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, wow. This woman pulls out the Sacred Woman book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that book again. But I had already committed. I had already committed that I wanted to change my life. If this was the path it was going to take, okay, I was ready for it. Even though I knew that before I had been overwhelmed by that book. But now I had a coach and now I had seven teammates. And now I was going to go through it at a very structured pace. I was going to have a binder with journals and reading assignments for the week. And we were going to have a meeting every week for three hours. And I had accountability and I actually made it through that book and I made it through those journals and I made it through the readings. And it was accountability that made the difference because um, accountability provides support 
and encouragement and modeling. There is a reason why a lot of people have mentors because of that modeling, model, model, model. You can look at that person and say, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. If they can do it, I can do it too. You know, and Tony Robbins says, don't take a friend as an accountability partner. You may just need to pick somebody who's better than you are at something. You may even need to pick somebody you don't even like. You know, I remember when um, I first decided I was going to do spoken word, I was really nervous about it. I had been writing for 30 years or so at the time. I had never performed. And I was talking to my mom and she said, uh, I heard you're going to do some performance. And I said, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about it. I, 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 I don't know. And she said, what do you mean you don't know? You've memorized all kind of stuff before. You think you can't memorize your own words? And that was some logic I needed to hear. So sometimes people hold you accountable by telling you the truth, by telling you something logical that you're overlooking. Sometimes we overthink. And people who hold us accountable cut to the chase. They cut through all of that crap and all the worry and emotion and just tell it like it is. I remember when I wanted to quit as an entrepreneur because things were hard. My mom was sick and things like that. And she told me it took me 49 years. It was actually, yeah, 48 years at that time to get you to be an entrepreneur. You are not going to quit. And so knowing that she expected me to succeed, she expected me to give it my all. She expected me to do my best, kept me accountable. So accountability is really, really, really key to keeping us on track for our goals. And with that, I'm going to wrap up. You can find me on Facebook at Zenergy, Z-E-N-N-U-R-G-Y. You can find me on Instagram at Zenergy, Z-E-N-N-U-R-G-Y. If this recording helped you, inspired you, gave you some food for thought. Um, You can tip me on my cash app or my PayPal. I also have merch on laughsandlyrics.com and laughsandlyrics.com. On laughsandlyrics.com, I will be posting the podcast notes for $5. I will also be podcasting meditations and journals that you can download for $10. And so I definitely encourage you to check out all of that and come back again with us. We will be going over more words. I will be having guests that are going to come and talk about their experiences, guests from all different walks of life, all different ages, different genders, you know, different backgrounds. So the goal of this is, again, to give you those tools that will help you to really transform your life, those tools that you can use regardless of what's going on in the outside world, those inner tools that are about your attitude and about your thought processes and about those inner reservoirs of strength that you have. And so with that, get Zen, stay Zen, spread Zen. May you walk in Zenergy. Thank <laughs> you.